listening to the ACB Advocacy Update for the week of October 15, 2018. This is Tony Stevens, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs with the American Council of the Blind in Washington. Wanted to start the podcast off with a couple of show notes before we get into our program for this week. We have two segments today. We're going to have a rerun of our Facebook Live for International White Cane Day that was recorded on Monday, October the 15th, which was International White Cane Day. And then for the larger, more extended segment, we're actually going to break down sort of the history around White Cane Day and talk about local grassroots policy and where it can lead us. As far as a couple of show notes for the day, be sure to go to our website, acb.org, and in the search bar you can type in white cane and find out all things related to white cane for state laws and local advocacy and things of that nature. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, as always, feel free to email us at advocacy at acb.org. That's advocacy at acb.org. And you can learn more about us by visiting our website at www.acb.org. If you're not already subscribed to the American Council of the Blind's uh, regular announcement lists that go out and email updates, be sure to sign up on our website and you can find out all things relating to ACB and when other breaking news or action items around advocacy happen, you can make sure you get those emails first by the announce list for ACB. But for now, enjoy. We're going to jump into the Facebook Live, and then Claire and I will also be sharing more about International White Cane Day. Tune in next week as we'll focus on voter rights for the week of the 22nd of October, and we'll be focusing and getting ready for the elections. So thanks and enjoy. everybody welcome to facebook live hi hello i'm claire the advocacy and outreach specialist i'm and, sure you know me and i am tony the director of advocacy and governmental affairs for the american council of the blind thank you for joining us today it is international white cane day Woo-hoo! yay it's also white cane day here in the u.s so we're celebrating both nationally and internationally a day of of, of celebration and and recognition and all kinds of things super excited so it's to promote the idea of independence for those of us who are blind the independence of using white cane and those of us who use service animals or just anything in that area just uh, celebrating the independence of those of us who are blind or visually impaired and and it's interesting that we did a podcast tune in for tuesday's podcast the acb advocacy update you can get it on itunes and other podcast sources because uh, we'll be talking in more detail about everything you wanted to know about International White Cane Day. Uh, but one of the things I thought that was interesting that I, I thought, you know, in thinking about what can we share today is, you know, it started in 1931 mm-hmm. as an ordinance in Peoria, Illinois. And then the Lions Clubs, hooray for our Lions. Shout Thank out to our Lions ACB Clubs. Lions affiliate. Yep. Check them out online on acb.org if you're, if you're a Lions member or interested more in the Lions. But the Lions really helped sort of build this out sort of nationally on sort of a real grassroots level. Yeah. But it didn't become a law in a sense of a national day of recognition and then an international day as well until 1964. So that's 33 years of really grassroots bubbling up until we finally got a, a sort of a national recognition. And October 15th from henceforth is known as, you know, National White Cane Safety Day, I think mm-hmm. in the United States it's yeah. called. And internationally, it's the International White Cane Day. So. 
33 years is, is a long time of, of a long grassroots advocacy, but I think it's a good testament to the reality that, you know, we try things on a local level and it trickles and it spreads and it spreads. And then someday, you know, 54 years later, we're still celebrating it on a national level and even and an international, international level. level. So, yeah. so shout out to our Lions members and our, our, all of our members that, that are working out there. And I think they can find out more about the white cane by going where? What do we do? Yeah, if you go to our website at acb.org, we actually have a list of all 50 states' laws, and I'm sure the territories are on there too, about what the rights are of people who use white canes or guide dogs. Um, listed just the different rights about uh, having the right of way, um, how that works, and what you know car car drivers are supposed to do, and all kinds of things. So it's really exciting to see the different rights of those of us who are blind, um, who have independent mobility skills. So check out our website acb.org, and you can see all the different rights that exist out there. Yep, just go into the search bar there and type in white cane, and hopefully that'll be one of the first things that pops up. And mm -hmm. You know, learn something today. It's a, yeah. it's a good day and a good day to spread the word on, you know, as people who are blind and visually impaired, what we can do, the tools and how those can be a success for us, like the white cane, but all kinds of other tools as well. Yeah. And so hopefully you're getting a chance to share this on Facebook. Uh, check us out on our podcast tomorrow again on iTunes and other places for our ACB Advocacy Update. And sign up on our announce list. If you're not already signed up on the ACB announce list, check us out on acb.org and learn more about this and all things ACB yep. at announce for on our main website. I think there's a link there. You can enter in your email and find out more things coming up. So thanks. Thanks, everybody. Here we go. All right, let's do this. Is the mic in the usual spot right here? Uh, I think okay. so, yeah. Cool. Hello, Mike. You're in the usual spot, yes. <laughs> we are so technically advanced <laughs> That's here right. at ACB headquarters. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. This is Tony Stevens, Director of Advocacy with the American Council of the Blind. And this is Claire, the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist at ACB. And we are here for another edition of the ACB Advocacy Update. Woohoo! I think that's become our default name. I guess it has become it. Although I did get some suggestions. Ooh, awesome! We will go through those uh, one of these days. Um, that'll be our that'll be our farewell episode when we finally <laughs> name. we finally have a name. Yes. Um, so hi everybody, welcome back. This is for the week of October the fifteenth, yep. and we are kicking the week off with celebration. When this is being recorded, it's going to be on Monday, and today's topic is tied into the events specifically around Monday because That's it right. is... It is... I'm going to get the name wrong, but it's International White Cane Day. Is that the... That's official? that's right. Yeah, that's the international. But it's also, on the same day, is also basically White Cane Day in the U.S., but I think it was something more fancy, like White Cane Safety something day. Yeah, safety White Cane Safety Day. Thank you. Which was passed on October 6, 1964. Nice. I have a lot of enthusiasm this morning. I like I'm it. Jacked up on... Peppy for Monday. Caffeine and... Um, artificial sweetener so <laughs> um but yeah so it is it is international white cane day so yeah we're going to talk a little bit about what is international white cane day kind of because it, it, it's interesting it grew out of sort of organic grassroots advocacy and i think it's a perfect example of sort of how things that are on the grassroots level you know kind of eventually take time but eventually they move up to a national stage yeah and then an international and then an international stage, stage. Yeah. yeah thanks to thanks to not just 
not just advocates, but some solid organizations over mm -hmm. the decades that have yep. done a lot of work on blindness and, and, and helping people who are blind and visually impaired, as well as those of us in the consumer organizations, us and ourselves, uh, throughout the American Council of the Blind. And there's also our, our, our folks with the National Federation of the Blind. And as consumer organizations as well, we work to sort of engage folks on local levels through awareness. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what International White Cane Day is. Yeah. Uh, do you do you bake a cake today, Claire? What do you do for international? I didn't, but I think we should have had a cake in the office. We should have had Why a cake didn't today? we do that? We'll, next we'll year, next year, um, we will. Or, you know. Yeah. Speaking of other organizations, I was just looking online a little bit. I didn't realize that the Lions Clubs. Um, is that what they call themselves, had a really big role in getting the White uh, Safety Cane Day here in the United States. Um, they're really well known for supporting the blind community in a, a myriad of ways here in the United States, and apparently they played a role. They, they are, an international. So. I, I am a former lion myself. I didn't so know I that. Will, That's I will great. sort of blow the trumpet of the Lions Clubs. LC International. They're great. I'm constantly referring them, our people to them, I should say, because they're a great ally in the blind they, community. They are so. a very good, especially for people experiencing vision loss and maybe they're not in, involved with the, the services and supports yet. But the Lion Clubs, ever since Helen Keller gave a big rousing speech to them, like a, almost, it was around 100 years ago. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. You know, they... They considered themselves from that point forward knights, knights for the blind, and and in that sense, they are for those that don't know, the Lions are kind of like a Rotary Club yeah. or you know your your Community. local sort of. I always yeah. think of the Flintstones Moose Lodge or whatever the the Brontosaurus <laughs> Lodge or whatever they had in the Flintstones. Elks Club, yeah, yeah the, you know those local, you know, organizations that are really committed to just civic duty, yeah. and, and they have taken upon themselves to really focus on blindness. And so in 1931, they began to sort of make an international campaign and push really toward a recognition of the white cane. Uh, you know, I think as long as, as there's been sticks falling from trees and there's been <laughs> those of us who have been blind, there's been sort of the cane, you know, uh, yeah, iconically it goes back to... Did you read anything online? I was reading online. Uh, we have, you know, of course, like the more traditional... Um, contemporary white cane idea but online of what it was saying was literally thousands of years you know people thought wow if you know i pick up a stick or a cane it this is going to help me in some way so technically thousands of years but yeah we have the more contemporary idea of the white cane which um, I was looking online, said uh, going back to World War One and then World War Two, kind of got more the iconic white cane with the red tip. Um, but yeah, technically thousands of years. So I, yeah, my my younger son, who's five, well, he was five when he did this. He's six now, but had picked up a stick when we were walking one day, and and just literally just like a tree limb, and and held it out in front of him, and started walking around going, "I am dead." Like. <laughs> Talking like he's like 70 years old and just holding it out in front of him. And I'm like, you know, I, I wonder if that is what it was like, you know, thousands of years ago. But it really is, I think, in a sense, to, a testament to, you know, as, as people who are blind and visually impaired, kind of trying to find ways to discover how to be independent. There mm -hmm. is a desire to want to be independent. Yeah. And, you know, and historically, we, we sought amongst ourselves ways to try to do that. You know, it was Louis Braille taking this sort of, very ornate method of, of you know espionage and carrying secret messages amongst the French soldiers when he created a whole new way to write if it's ourselves empowering ourselves you know I thought it was interesting 
an artist in New Jersey, it looks like, was the first person that kind of created or crafted the white cane as mm. we know it today. I think it was 1921. He had lost his sight due to an injury and was just nervous as anybody would be in North Jersey, probably crossing busy streets uh, at the onset of the automobile. This crazy thing that you couldn't hear clonking, clonking like horses coming toward you yeah. would come barreling toward you. And so he was scared and, and sort of crafted up this, this way. And then the Lions and, and other groups, uh, I think I read Peoria, Illinois, 1931 as well, which makes yep, sense. I think the, 31 the Lions is the year were based out of yep. Chicago, so it makes sense that the Lions would kind of be keyed into this new thing that, that they passed an ordinance in the city of Peoria allowing for the white cane. And it looks like in yeah. 1936, Detroit, which if you've ever been to Detroit, I don't know if you have or not, I've Claire. I've never been to Detroit. It loves its cars for yeah, obvious reasons. Yeah, it makes reasons. sense. So yeah. it is, Motown, they yeah. design Woodward Avenue, the main drag. I lived in Detroit for two years, and the main drag in Detroit is called Woodward Avenue. And they they make it to where all the lights are timed so you never have to stop. They do this thing oh, called wow. the Michigan Left where if you want to do a left turn, it's similar in New Jersey, you, you drive down the street so you never have to stop and you do a U-turn and come back Ugh, and then me turn never right. To Detroit. So yeah, so so the white cane, you know, in 36, they passed it, local advocates for the blind there, which, which rightly so, because they love to drive in Detroit. The other thing I noticed as I was doing some research, um, and Tony was kind of pointing out the years where it really kicked off again uh, after World War One and then World War Two, which we really see a lot in the disability community. We have vets coming back who have you know sustained injuries as a result of the wars, and we've really seen through our government that the government really went, wow, we need to start these projects for vets coming back. So that's when we saw like vocational rehabilitation really kicked up. Um, because it was for, you know, veterans coming back who sustained disabilities. So it's yet another great example of how, you know, these, these vets came back and said, hey, we want to be part of society and let's come up with ways to really accommodate vets. So just another yeah. example of that. When, was, when did you get your first white cane? Do you remember? So I lost my vision when I was young, but not right away. Um, so I got my first cane. I want to say I was probably nine years old. Um, but I've heard some really cool stories of really, really young little kids who are born blind or sustain lo vision loss, you know, almost from mm -hmm. the beginning, who have this, I'm going to sound like a girl, um, but the most adorable little canes that some that push with wheels or mm -hmm. all kinds of things so that kids can be exposed to what it's like to have a white cane from day one. So they're already getting that exposure. I, I was 15 as well and had one of those canes that was like a shepherd's hook on the end of it <laughs> that you could hang on a, I guess, because you would put it next to your hat on the coat rack. I like it. Um, <laughs> and, and that thing was indestructible. But yeah, whenever I come across, I was 15, but the, the little... The kids with the little canes, I kind of tear up. Yeah, it's awesome. Because uh, it's just, they're so cute. They're adorable. Have you been keyed into the um, the concierge canes where you can get like different color tape wrapped around them? Oh my God, it's so popular. The um, black cane for your tuxedo and, and formal gown, I guess. Yes, and I've had friends with purple ones and mm -hmm. rainbow ones. We never, I'm... I'm making myself sound so old. When I was a kid, I, we just had the traditional white cane, and then it has the iconic, for people who have never seen them, red tip at the bottom, and that's supposed to be really, like, catch your eye, like, oh, you know. But now I'm meeting kids with all kinds of different fun colors, and woohoo, you know, match them, like you said, with your outfits. And yeah, I, I like that. And I, this is interesting, too. I believe if it's a white and 
black white cane with a red and black tip. I believe it's supposed to indicate too that the person is deaf and and hard of oh, hearing and blind. Oh, I've never heard blind. that. I like that. At least that's what I learned like twenty something years ago. So nice. You know, it, it's interesting that it it took what thirty three years to get the White House to sign something. Oh, I didn't know after, that. After if it's nineteen thirty one, well, let, well, let's just walk. I mean, you know, and it got talking about local advocacy. Yeah. The idea that if you hang in there long enough, what you're doing in your community can maybe make a big international impact. Yeah. So if we count 31 to, what is it, 64? Oh. So the, it was passed uh, October 6, 1964. So is that 33, 33 years? years? Yeah, yeah, 33 Good years. Math. Yeah. So this is why I went into journalism, not math. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it took a while. Yeah. Thanks to, you mentioned the veterans. Thanks to folks like the Blinded Veterans Association, BVA, who we yeah. do a lot of work with. Because they were helpful after World War II and really advocating for more awareness. And, and not just awareness, but it, it wasn't, you know, it started as an awareness tool so you don't get hit. And that's still something we see today. Yeah. Like, canes, you'll hear people use the term ID cane as well. Some people might not be totally blind or significantly blind, but have enough visual impairment that they use a cane for what they call, again, an ID cane. And it kind of helps to say to people, you know, maybe I'm not totally blind and I need it for every second of every day, but it tells people, look, I have a visual impairment, so, you know, I might, you know, be looking at things a little closer or I might get, you know, need to be um, warned if something's, you know, coming in my way. And it just helps, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of notify to the community that you have a visual impairment. And, and it's interesting that uh, it, I didn't realize it took a while as well for it to become a mobility aid. It was more identification at first. Mm -hmm. And then we started to build up practices, even in the, like the 50s and 60s I was reading this morning. Uh, into cane travel as a use as a mobility tool yeah and how we're, we're much more sophisticated in, in not just using it for identification but as a as a means of mobility yeah I remember as a little kid being taught you know the right angle to hold your cane out as an arc and the right way to tap and to be in step left and right in the right step with your cane and all kinds of you know more like Tony was saying more advanced techniques I was advanced I guess <laughs> I like it. It makes it sound like we're, we're doctors of the cane. That's right. <laughs> so I'm going to put DC after my title now. I like it. <laughs> Doctorate in cane travel, DCT. Yeah. So, so, yeah, International White Cane Day. It, it's also for, I think, awareness on blindness in general. Mm -hmm. I know the Lions, when I was in the Lions in the 90s, uh, we, we used the day as an opportunity, too, just to educate folks on blindness and, and kind of the, the issues encompassing it. It wasn't just about the cane, but that was International White Cane Day kind of drew attention to blindness. And, you know, I think as far as on an international scale, when we talk about international issues, uh, we had some exciting news last week, internationally, finally. Yeah. What was that about, Claire? Um, last week, it officially went to the president's desk and he signed off on the Marrakesh Treaty. Um, we've talked a lot about it in past um, podcasts and our Facebook Live episodes as well. Um, but the Marrakesh Treaty, after being signed, means the U.S. has ratified it. And we now have this system. Um, it's an international treaty, so we now have the ability to more easily trade literature throughout the U.S. or, excuse me, the international community. Um, and that being accessible literature. So because of copyright law in the past, it was more difficult to trade 
trade literature um, internationally and we want to be able to do it more easily so that people who are blind or have other reading disabilities can get their hands literally on pieces of literature um, so that you have access to more stuff um, we call it the um, what the book famine right yeah, um, yep. and I think the statistic was people with reading disabilities only had access to five percent of yeah. materials out there so of course we want to change that um, so this is gonna help um, um, work, you know, against that, and, and no longer yeah. sending canes overseas, but we can send books, books as well yeah, now, like internationally. That. So we, yeah, we yeah. we've conquered the copyright hurdles, and yep. we are good to go with Marrakesh. So yeah. hooray! That is being sent by Courier Pigeon on a small sloop across the Atlantic. Yep. So she should get there in about three months. <laughs> no, hopefully they're FedExing it. Um, and although it was FedEx the Castaway movie, maybe another international courier. Yeah. Um, and and getting it to Geneva with haste. With haste, as they say. I like that. Yes. So that's exciting. So yeah, uh, international news advocacy. Let's chat about advocacy tips. Uh, something we can chew on between now and next week. Next week's going to be about voter rights. Everybody yes. tune in. A couple weeks away. I keep hearing on my news updates every morning. You know, closer and closer to to the election. So yeah, and we'll it's be huge. we'll be sending out some stuff just for engagement over the next you know, week or two on voter rights. There's been a good toolkit that National Disability Rights Network just pushed out uh, that was good as a resource. So we'll be, we'll send that out probably next week as well around the podcast. Uh, but what, what can we chew on between now and then? International, I'm thinking of the policy, how it took 33 years, the little things we do, uh, you know, if you just keep churning and just keep churning, eventually they, they, they grow into big trees, yeah. like, like the White Cane Day. Uh, what, are, what are some things we can think of uh, on a grassroots level, you think? Um, one thing I think we need to remember for advocacy is even just knowing your rights. Um, as I was doing research on White Cane Day today, I pulled up, and it is on our website, on ACB's website, are all the different laws that exist um, throughout the United States on what white cane law says, and maybe it's just the dork in me because I went to law school, um, but there's a lot of law out there, and I don't think we really know what the law says. So from an advocacy standpoint, I think just knowing the law ourselves, knowing what exists so we can advocate better for our rights. And so you can go to www.acb.org, and in the search bar, type in white cane, and you'll find that page on all the white cane laws around the country. Literally every state and yep. probably the territories too. Yeah, and and so. it's it is something to advocate for because I, you know, we have had issues with uh, the 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 tragic story was it last year or the year before that with the, the teacher that took the kids white cane away and gave them a pool noodle, one of those Ugh, floppy pool right. noodles in yeah. the school, to try to navigate, which was just a degrading act and uh, 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 so offensive. So. You know, there are, we have rights, and, yeah. and, and so, you know, learn more about the white cane and advocacy by going to acb.org. Questions or comments, you can send them to... Advocacy at acb.org. Exactly. So, but for the meantime, thanks everybody for listening in. We'll be tuning in next week, and as always... Keep advocating. Excellent. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. For questions and comments, email advocacy at acb.org. Learn more about ACB by visiting our website, www.acb.org.
You've been listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. For more information, contact us at advocacy at acb.org. Learn more about the American Council of the Blind by visiting us online at www.acb.org.